Boots and Cats and Boots and Cats and Boots and Cats, PJ's Podcast. Welcome to PJ's Podcast, where we speak of the three things that matter, politics, Jesus, and sports. Monty, big sports week, or big sports coverage over the last couple of days, so I think uh, that's yep. what we need to start this podcast out with. Okay, so, I like it. what's like going it. on in the world of sports? Man, man, what what is not going on in the world of sports? Um, obviously, the the big big news, right, is Aaron Rodgers is finally a New York Jet. Um, obviously, I think we kind of knew with the the draft being starting yesterday that something had to happen, um, and de- something definitely did happen. So Aaron Rodgers uh, is a Jet. Um, you know, uh, he had his press conference. I think uh, Wednesday. Um, wearing it was so weird wearing black and green. You know, we're so used to seeing him in the in the green and gold, being like in the Packer colors. But he's wearing in the Jets colors, wearing his hoodie. Um, he he even had a little workout session where he even worked out. So, um, he's definitely he's definitely uh fully in it for the Jets. He said he's gonna go to OTAs. He's gonna go to all to the off season stuff, where which normally he would skip. Um, with the Packers, the so truth, he's, yeah. he's definitely. Yeah, so he's definitely wants you know wants to learn uh the playbook and his new teammates and you know he wants to get after it pr- pretty quickly. Um you know obviously with with this team um you know they they had a great defense. I think they were fourth in the league last last season, you know, and, and their offense just just wasn't hitting. Um with Aaron Rodgers is that is that the final piece to make the Jets a Super Bowl contender? Uh I I think it's in the conversation, right? I don't think it solidifies them as a um you know, top potential team to go to the Super Bowl, but it, it obviously uh, sets a stage where you know they they have a chance. Like you said, they had a great defense last year. Uh, they just really yep. couldn't get the offense going. They had the uh, running back go down with an injury, who was uh, doing yep. really well. So I, I think it it sets the stage uh, for maybe a good run. Um, but I'm not ready to say they're going to go to the Super Bowl or anything uh, like that. One of the fun, one of the crazy stories that came out of this is uh, the number, right? Uh, Aaron Rodgers is number 12. Joe Namath, right. Is was number 12. His uh, numbers retired. So he asked uh, Mm. uh, Joe Namath gave his blessing uh, for the number, but Aaron Rodgers said, no, I'm not going to do that. So he's actually changing to the number eight now. Uh, So that's, that's something that came out of this, but uh, overall, it's not out of the question, but I'm not ready to say that they're going to go to the Super Bowl uh, just yet. Yeah, yeah. So, but obviously, obviously, they got Aaron Rodgers. They have a good running back. He said they had some injury injury problems in the backfield last year. Uh, they have some good receivers. They got OBJ, right? Uh, they already had a good receiver, Garrett something. I forgot his full mm-hmm. name. Um, and and then they picked up a wide receiver in the first round of the draft yesterday. So, I mean, they're tr- they're trying to, um, you know, they're trying to get some get some bullets in that gun. Uh, so Aaron Rodgers can can toss that rock around and, and and kind of replicate what he did with the Packers. And like you said, if that defense stays healthy, uh, they have a great secondary. Um, you know, they they will be tough. I think they'll definitely probably be the top in their division, if not second. But uh, like I said, I might be a little too early. You know, it's the Jets, right? Some something bad is going to happen when you play for the New York Jets. They're they're cursed. But um, <laughs> yeah, they, they're definitely they're definitely uh, going to be in in the mix. Yeah, I I did see that uh 
that where uh, Joe Namath said he could wear the number 12 if he wanted to. And I think he said he said no, and he, he was going to rock the number eight. And I think, did he wear that in college? There's some significance behind yeah. that number. But um, yeah, you're exactly I think right. That was his, yeah, that was his college number. Um, but moving to another team and another quarterback that, that has Super Bowl aspirations, Lamar Jackson uh, finally got his deal. What do you, what do you think about that? He is now the highest play player in NFL, right? He has a five-year, $260 million contract. Um, $185 million of that is guaranteed. And so $52 million per year makes him the new highest paid player in the league. Well, I mean, we had this conversation, remember? Uh, when Jalen yeah, Hurts signed did. The, the richest contract, we said, uh, I said he he's not uh, the best quarterback in the league, so I didn't think he was uh, going to be the highest paid. I thought he was going to be somewhere around uh, Jalen Hurts. Uh, but obviously, um, the Ravens thought differently and and think he's, he's uh, you know, the best – the best in the league. So they gave him the money for it. And, uh, you know, he held out for this type of contract. So kudos to him. Um, I definitely put him up there as, you know, top three, top five. So I'm not saying he didn't mm-hmm. deserve it. I think he deserves, uh, deserves that type of money. If that's the going rate for the, uh, you know, for the top quarterbacks in the league. So uh, I, I'm, I'm happy for him. I'm happy for the Ravens. Um, I think they uh, should, should pay him. Um, you know, to to stay there. They've built an entire um, organization around this guy. Um, I think right. he's good enough to be a Super Bowl champion if they can surround him with uh, a couple other pieces. So uh, uh, good for him. Good for him. He proved me wrong, right? Uh, <laughs> yeah. So good, good for him, for sure. Yeah, yeah. So obviously, you know, they got J.K. Dobbins in the backfield. He was hurt last year. Gus Andrews uh, Edwards was hurt last year. Uh, those are two good running backs. Um, you know, they got OBJ. Uh, they got Mark Andrews still. They got Nelson uh, Anglahor still or back. And they got a new offensive coordinator who actually wants to open it up and actually throw the rock a little bit. Uh, so I think this this will actually be the telltale sign of how good Lamar Jackson is, right? Because it's not a, a ground and pound, run, 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 or just drop back and then and then scramble type of situation. Like he actually wants to play in a, you know, in one of those West Coast type type offenses where he's in the shotgun and he's taking snaps and, and he's tossing the rock. So like we'll see. I don't know if it suits his game, but we'll see if he can adapt to it. And, you know, you know, we talked about how Jalen Hurts is a better thrower and all these guys are they're actually better true quarterbacks um, than he is. I think we're going to see like if he can actually uh, do that and do it and do it well. Yeah, I, I think this year is is going to be a, um, a really stressful, long year for uh, Lamar. Right. Because, um, mm-hmm. you know, Jalen Hurts proved that he uh, should get the you know largest contract in in NFL history right by taking his team to the Super Bowl almost winning the Super Bowl right that was kind of his stamp on it yeah i deserve it type deal um uh-huh. lamar jackson signs this contract you know not even sniffing a super bowl um i think he's got a lot to prove and on top of that they hired a an offensive coordinator that's going to have him throw the ball Right. And that's yeah. something he necessarily hasn't done his his entire career. Uh, he's won a ton of games with his feet. Now you got somebody in coming in that uh, likes to throw the ball. And, uh, you know, I, I think 
Lamar has a, a big ask on his shoulders, right, to throw the ball, throw the ball well. And uh, also he's going to have to make a deep playoff run, uh, I think, for the Ravens organization to be happy with him, but also the fans to be happy with him, right? He yeah. has to make a deep playoff run. So uh, I'm interested to see how Lamar does this year. Um, I, I think it's set up for a really good year. Um, but again, we're kind of at a question mark because we haven't seen Lamar throw the ball a ton during the season. So uh, I'm I'm <laughs> right. excited to see it. Um, and if he does well, then, you know, all those talks of should he be the highest player goes away. So, well, I, I'm interested to see what happens this year. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Obviously, we had this discussion before when, when the, the rumors were flying around about uh, Aaron Rodgers to the Jets. Um, but now that it's official, uh, like you said, the AFC East is pretty good already. You know, we have the, the Dolphins, the Jets, the Buffalo Bills and the New England Patriots. How do you rank those four teams? Um, that That's that's a that's a pretty stout little. Obviously, the Patriots are are. Uh, way down there right um my, i'm i'm intrigued to see how miami does right because mm. you know they they picked up a uh, hill uh they have um you know uh the quarterback who keeps getting con concussions and stuff like <laughs> that so um to to uh to uh and they were had a dynamite uh offense but their defense wasn't that good but I mean, you got the Bills and you got the Jets, right? And yeah. the Bills are are have been stout for the last two to three years, right? Um, very, very hard to get past. Uh, now you got Aaron Rodgers with the – I mean, that is going to be the games that you watch, you know, every time that they're on, right? Um, yeah. Mm -hmm. As of this moment, because I haven't really seen, um, you know, Aaron Rodgers with the Jets – uh, I'm going to say the the Bills are number one, Jets are number two, Dolphins are number three, and New England's number four. May change, right, after we actually right. see oh, yeah. Aaron Rodgers out there, see if the Jets pick up any anybody else, see who they pick up in the second round uh, of the draft, yep. different things like that. But as it sits right now, uh, I give it to the Bills. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, the New England Patriots haven't made any type of moves yet, you know, and you would think with the coach that they have, he has to have a trick up his sleeve because, you know, he likes to win. He, you know, with him and Tom Brady, they're used to winning championships, not not being fourth in their division. So, I mean, I got to see them making a move pretty soon. Um, yeah, And also with the with the Dolphins, I mean, you got to remember, like before Tua had his first injury, his first concussion, they were seven and oh, they were yep. cruising. They they beat the Buffalo Bills, you know, um, already. So um, if if Tua can come back 100% healthy, you know, and he can reproduce some of that magic he had before all those concussions, they're dangerous because, you know, with Waddle and, you know, and Cheetah, like they have probably the best wide receiver or one of the best wide receiver cores in the league. So um, it's going to be interesting. But I think the Aaron Rodgers dynamic, just like what he brings – with you know the experience and the leadership and, and also his talent, right? They, like they have to make the he has to make the Jets better. So um, I think that's going to be a, a tough division. And I mean, I I couldn't tell you. I, I have to agree. I, I would. Man, I it's hard. I don't know. <laughs> that's a tough well, tough division. Well, man. so so here here's the thing. Um, you know, Miami plays in, in perfect weather, right? It, yeah. It's nice. Um, they won uh all the games at home but 
at yeah. Jets, they lost. Um, at at the Bills, they lost. At the Patriots, they lost. Right? Mm-hmm. Those are all uh, teams that play in harsh, harsh weather. Snow, freezing freaking cold, right? And it seems like it when you get them in that type of weather, they lose, right? And I, I think that needs to be put into consideration when talking about the match the matchups is the weather, right? Those teams, you know, play almost every single game in harsh weather, yeah. cold, you know, like snow, it. all those different things. So I, I think that needs to be taken into consideration. Um, but yeah. that being said, they have a lot of fire firepower on the offense, right? On the offensive yep. side. So oh, yeah. uh, it, it's going to be interesting to see. Uh, I really, really want to see Aaron Rodgers play some downs uh, before I, I I pick a slot for them, right? So, mm-hmm. For sure. And let's jump to the AFC North real quick. You have the Steelers, the Browns, the Bengals, and the Ravens. Um, do you, where, do you, where do you see the Ravens, you know, with this new look offense? How, how are they going to look next year? I still think Bengals the top team. Uh, Oh, for sure. For sure. Right. I, I, they just, they look too good. Um, you know, since Joe Burrow has been there, they've made it to the playoffs, made it deep into the playoffs every single year. Mm -hmm. Uh, they have too much talent, uh, on the team. I, I think for the, the Ravens to compete with them, uh, that being said, considering the Ravens have a new offensive coordinator, right. I'd like to, I, I want to see how that plays out. Right. I, I want to see how how the Ravens do with, uh, you know, having more passing on offensive yeah. drives. Right. Because if Lamar right. steps up and proves, hey, he can throw the ball, he can throw the ball accurate. You know, that blows the offensive, you know, weapons up right there. Right. It, it brings mm-hmm. his running. His running is way more impactful when they can't, you know, put seven spies on Lamar Jackson you know, on, on the defense, right. That they actually have to spread it out. They have to, you know, uh, actually cover receivers and and different things like that. It just, it, it turns the offense into, uh, you know, way more of, of a weapon than it's been. Um, so mm. I'd like to see that. I, I think if, if it works out, if, if Lamar shows he can, he can uh, actually throw the ball it, that brings into the question, like, like, can can the Ravens overtake the Bengals? And I, I think they can, if Lamar shows he can pass the ball, right? So as right. it sits right now, I think Bengals take it down, right? You got the Browns and the Steelers. Nobody cares about them too. They're not doing. <laughs> so uh, I think it's between those two. And right now, I give the edge to the Bengals. Yeah, I agree. I think uh, Bengals, Ravens, Steelers, and then the Browns. The mistake by the lake as. Uh, they 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 say uh out 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 east out northeast i guess uh yep. man but i think it's gonna be good um like we said we'll talk about the first round next because like i said the draft kicked off yesterday um mm-hmm. did you did you get a chance to watch any of that or, or uh, catch i did up on any of that stuff I, I i did and uh the surprise of the entire draft is the first person that we talked about when we started this podcast right um quarterback yeah. anthony richardson right they had him mm-hmm. 25th 26th pick right and we sat on this yep. on the podcast and said dude this dude is not a 26 25th this guy's top five maybe even first overall right is, is right. what we said and sure enough he goes number four overall to the colts 
right? And he had a phenomenal performance uh, within, you know, the the camps and different things like that. So I'm excited uh, for him going to the Colts. I think that was the biggest news uh, of the entire draft. Yeah, hundred percent. You know, like he's playing in a dome. You know, it's dry. You know, the turf is fast. The guy is a physical specimen. He's a freak, right? So, like, six I mean, four two fifty. You know, like, yeah, yeah, exactly, right. And so they say he doesn't have the best film, but you don't know what kind of offense he was in at Florida and stuff like that. But you see his pro day, you saw his combine, you see his workouts. The guy's a stud, right? So I, I mean, if he could take that work ethic and you know they get him in a good offense, surrounded by some good players. Dude, he's, I think he's going to crush it. You know, I mean, you see uh, what some of the other guys that 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 are like his type did in the NFL. You know, you talk about Cam, the Cam Newton days when Cam won his MVPs and took his team to the Super Bowl. Like, he can he can do it. And I, I think the Colts, they took, you know, people say it was a risk, it was a gamble, but I think, I think it was a great move. Um, on the flip side, you know, the people that they were saying was going to be two or going to be three, Will Levis, the quarterback out of Kentucky, dropped out of the first round yeah, you know and yep, I, I, yep. I, I dude and i hate it it happens every year right it happened to lamar jackson actually but it happens every year that you know they invite these guys to the green room and then every time there's a pick and it's not them they they show they should take a shot of him and Poor he's over guy. there sitting next to his mom and his girlfriend like trying to act cool but you know like inside it's gotta it's gotta hurt right that you like you just keep falling falling lower and lower and lower and lower um so, but hopefully, man, like if if he's a motivated person, he he, he can play with that chip on his shoulder and, and prove some of these guys wrong. But he has to get drafted first, and the, the second round kicks off a little bit later today. But uh, we'll 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 see what happens. But let's yeah. go over the, the top five real, real quick. Uh, Carolina uh, got Bryce Young. I don't think that was a surprise, right? The quarterback no. of Alabama. Uh, mm-hmm. The Texans had two and two and three, so you know uh, they were going to pick a quarterback and someone else. So C.J. Stroud uh, went to, from Ohio State, went to the Texans, and then they got an edge rusher from Alabama, uh, Will Anderson, who who's a freak too. Uh, Colts had Anthony Richardson that we just talked about, and the Seahawks went with a cornerback and Devin Witherspoon, out of Illinois. Um, any 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 surprises? That's that was pretty straightforward, right? Yeah, other than uh, Anthony Richardson. Um... You know, I I really thought um, the Texans uh, were were maybe going to take, you know, Robinson, the running back from uh, from Texas. I thought maybe there was a shot to to get, you know, you got two and three, two high powered, you know, um, offensive, hopefully weapons. Right. Uh, I thought there was a shot for that. Um, They went for a defender. Right. They they love their defensive guys in in uh, that organization. Right. So, yeah, uh, as much as it, it it wasn't a surprise, it was a little bit of uh, a surprise there. But everybody else was was kind of straightforward. Um, you know, uh, Bryce Young didn't even go to the combine. Right. He did, you know, basically yeah. in-house stuff. Everybody knew that the Panthers were going to take him, that he was number one overall. Um, you right. know, I, I think the Texans. Um, had had a chance there for for Anthony ended up going with CJ Stroud. I think Anthony had a better combine uh, than CJ Stroud, but you know it, it kind of is what it is. Uh, I'm I'm interested to see that matchup um, because I think Anthony will get a direct you know uh, start first of the year. Um, I think CJ Stroud will start first of the year, right? So we may see a matchup there. Um, really, one of the interesting parts of this entire draft 
is once the first wide receiver went off the board, everybody started picking wide receivers. We had four <laughs> wide receiver picks in a row. Right. So yeah. once the first one went off, they were like, oh, crap, we we, we got to get some wide receivers or these things are going to be gone. Right. Uh, the first wide receiver pick was number 20 in the draft. Mm. So yeah. uh, I, I think, uh, you know, Chargers picked one up. Uh, Seattle picked one up. Uh, Ravens mm -hmm. picked one up. Right. Um, and then yep. Uh, yep. the Vikings picked one up, which, you know, the Vikings pick up another receiver is. Uh, you know, to, to put in, in tandem, uh, with, uh, Justin, I think is, is going to be pretty interesting to watch because I've seen Jordan Addison. He's a really good wide receiver. So we'll, we'll see what yeah. happens there. And then, uh, the Buffalo bills picked up a tight end, um, which I think that was kind of the last piece of the puzzle on that offensive, uh, you know, it, I, I still think they need to find a, a, a very good, uh, running back right they, mm -hmm. they hadn't really had a an all-star uh running back in, in their lineup over the last couple of years but you know you had Knox as as the tight end who I mean he did okay but there hasn't really been a solid target um for for him to throw to in that tight end spot mm -hmm. and hopefully you know uh the guy they picked up from uh, I think it went Utah University of Utah uh fills that role so um, I thought it was a good draft. I'm I'm really interested to see the second round, uh, to yeah. to see where the Kentucky quarterback goes is, is really what I what I'm watching for, uh, because right. you know it was really surprising to me that he fell you know that far uh, down. That you know what I mean. Being in that room, do you remember when like uh, Quinn got drafted and you know. <laughs> like you said they just keep panning to him and it's like <laughs> guys just like leave him alone he's, he's already just sinking every he started right. out like this next one next one next one. <laughs> by the end of it he's just fucking like oh my god you know what i yeah. mean leave the dude yeah. alone so i'll be interested leave to see alone. where he goes yeah you know you know the 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 silver lining is usually the longer you wait, the, the better team you go to, right? You're not going to the to the struggling team. You're either going to a playoff team or a better team. You just not, might not be the starting quarterback. But uh, but yeah, that'll be interesting. But yeah, it's so funny you mentioned the wide receivers because it, it reminded me of like our fantasy football drafts, right? Exactly like, like picking, that, right? <laughs> every, every, everyone's picking quarterbacks and running backs. And then that one guy takes a wide receiver early and everyone freaks out and starts picking wide receivers real fast. That's so, quarterbacks thought, in our that, league, right? Once the quarterback yeah. is you're like, oh shit! All right, let's go, let's go, let's yeah. go. Yeah, uh, I, be I better get him. I better get him. Or, so, or defenses um, when a defense gets picked, you're like, all right, got to get my defense. You know, yeah. we we yeah, have we yeah, have a guy that's won twice that literally goes down his list. So he'll pick a quarterback, then he'll kick two running backs, and then you know what I mean. He literally just goes yeah. down down the list, uh, which right. apparently works because he's won a couple of times, <laughs> right? So. <laughs> Right. Like everyone makes fun of that guy, but then he's winning. And yeah, like, hey, absolutely. He's doing something right. Absolutely. So, like he doesn't talk hardly. He just sits there and just, you know, and you're like, dude, you're, you're picking a tight end right now. Like he, nobody. And then he, the one tight end he picks like carries them through the entire season. You're like, son of a right. bitch. Why didn't I, you know what I mean? Right. 
he picks Kelsey in the first round. You're like, come on. Like, but anyway, uh, you yeah. mentioned Robinson out of Texas. Uh, he went eighth to uh, the Atlanta Falcons. And people were actually saying like he might be the best like athlete in the whole draft. Might, so um, we'll, we'll see how they are. Obviously, the Falcons are rebuilding too. So I don't know what kind of impact he's going to have his rookie year because he doesn't have much around him. But uh, but they they everyone had some pretty high high things to say about Bajan Robinson. Yeah, so, I mean uh, that's what I was it. saying. There was, I mean, they uh, Texans had two and three. They could have picked up, you know, what could potentially be a, a an all star quarterback and an all star running back. Um, yeah, you know, it, it kind of surprised me. I, I thought maybe they would, uh, you know, they would do something like that because they don't they don't have anybody at, at running back. You know what I mean? I, I'm yeah. looking at their, oh, yeah. their, uh, you know, their well, chart right whole, now, and the whole offense is awful. Yeah, you know what I mean. I, I, I just, I, I don't understand it. But, you know, what do I know? So, hey, yeah, you know, you know a little bit, you know a little bit. But yeah, like I said, uh, the second round starts in a few hours. So uh, if you know, obviously we're looking to see where Levis goes and any other big news. I'm sure there's going to be a trade pop up here and there, you know, yeah, uh, there'll be sure. some movement. So um, we'll, we'll see what happens there, but let's move to the NBA and the playoffs. You know, the first round is slowly, slowly coming to an end, right? Um, you know, Boston defeated Atlanta. Um, no brainer. 76ers swept the nets. We knew that the Knicks defeated Cleveland. That was our pick. Uh, the Nuggets beat Minnesota. We knew that. The Suns beat the Clippers, you know, obviously because of injuries. We kind of saw mm-hmm. that coming, um, you know. But the biggest, the biggest upset uh, of this year, maybe the biggest upset in playoff history, is the Heat beat the Bucks on eight seed, beat the one seed four to one. Um, obviously, um, if you if anyone saw any of the playoffs, Jimmy Butler was just in the zone, going crazy. Wait, what do you what do you oh. think about the? went off what do you think about the heat and the bucks and you know with if the heat actually if you look at their team they're not bad can they make a run or is this it um you know i i think uh the heat got a little bit of help with uh, the greek freak getting hurt i don't know mm-hmm. how you know if he was 100 percent or not i'm saying he wasn't because right. he did not look good uh at all yeah uh, something that the heat did is they they fouled him quite a bit Right, get him at the free throw yeah. line. He was at fifty. He could not make a shot. Right, he yeah. could not make a shot. Um, so I, I mean, as much as is, uh, I, I think credit is due um, for the Heat in the way that they played. I also think Yonage wasn't a hundred percent. So I, I don't think I'm going to give them their, you know, uh, hyped up. You know, they're going to beat the Knicks. They're going to go on because I, I, I really do think that the eighth seed is is the seed that they should have been at. Right. But yeah, Jimmy, but I mean, Butler went off, dude. Did you, I mean, he, he made the, the shot to bring him into overtime. Uh, but, yeah. but I mean, he straight up pushed that dude underneath the basket. I mean, full oh, oh. extension with the arms, got him the hell away from him. You know, I'm, I'm really surprised that they did not call a foul there. I mean, it was blatant, wait, wait. it was obvious. <laughs> You know, it, I'm I'm really surprised uh, that they didn't call that, which you know would have gave Bucks uh, the game there. But uh, he went off. He, he's doing what he needs to do to to carry him through. But I have Knicks uh, beating the Heat in probably around six games. Uh, yeah, season. I mean then the Knicks look good. They play they play some good defense. They they play as a team, so they're definitely they're definitely dangerous. I think we we actually have a we have a clip of the Jimmy Butler shot. If you want to go and. Uh, 
go. I did not. Up, I did not up. know that we had a clip of Jimmy Butler shot <laughs> because I, I did not. I did I, not know we were doing that. So uh, because go ahead. I to me it looked like the Bucks players like kind of ran into each other, and one of the guys was just he was just subbed on just for this inbound pass, and he definitely got in the way, and he per, like prevented the other player from actually properly defending uh Jimmy Butler but like you said it like there was definitely some probably some pushing you know this is what should have happened probably in the, in the some NFL pushing. this was yeah. a straight up <laughs> shove by Jimmy Butler I mean call it for what it is um you know I'm a big component of not calling fouls at the end of the game right I I hate yeah. I I absolutely hate games being decided by referees that being said watched, watched. that being said Straight up push. Okay. All right. Let's watch this. Right here. Okay. That angle doesn't really show it. Mm -hmm. That angle really doesn't show it. But let's see the replay. Yeah, I think. Let's I think see the replay should... on this thing because then you can actually see it. All right. Here we go. Watch Jimmy Butler. That uh, one still see. doesn't show it. Let's see if yeah, we can actually get it. it. Ah, here it is. Here it is. Here it is. It's all well, <laughs> he straight up pushes him. Okay, yeah, he definitely gave him a little. Just straight little... up pushes him, dude. Yeah, but, you know, the athleticism to make the catch, put the shot up in time uh, and make it, that was great, you know. And, dude, the the Bucks blew a 14-point lead, right? And um, so, I mean – the Bucks definitely well, lost that series. I mean, obviously Giannis wasn't hundred percent, but uh, Jimmy Butler, congratulations, Bucks, congratulations. Yeah, I mean, I, I thought you know at, when we talked about this last podcast, we said Bucks have to literally stomp their throats, right, and and show them who's yeah. boss, show them that they're not good enough. And you know, I was watching this game, and they were starting to run away with it. And I was like, okay, you you got to you know pile on the points here. And then all of a sudden, right. you know, Jimmy Butler gets hot. And when that happens, it's just, you know, he just went off. And uh, I think yeah. no matter if if Bucks win at the end of the game, uh, Heat still take it down. Uh, they did not look that good. So, um, like you said, kudos to Heat. I, I think it is one of the biggest upsets, right, considering Bucks were, you know, uh, one of the best teams, if not number one, number two, going into this series mm -hmm. and to lose four games to one, right? That's a great yeah. accomplishment for the Heat. Great accomplishment. So there's two games left, right? And they're both tonight. Uh, the Lakers, they, they lead Memphis 3-2. to two. Uh, They play in L.A. Uh, at 9.30 tonight. And then Golden State leads the Kings. And I know you watched that uh, the last game. Um, so game six tonight at Golden State. Um, Lakers 3-2, Golden State 3-2. Who's winning tonight? Who's taking the series? Well, so let's start with the Grizzlies and the Lakers. Um, Fox did play. Yeah, uh, no nope. place wrong, for the, wrong for the team, <laughs> wrong team. Uh, we'll, we'll get we'll get to that one uh, here in a sec, right? Um, yeah, for sure. I, I do I do not think um, the uh, Memphis can can hold off Lakers at their home court, right? We we yeah. said it was a battle of home courts, right? And mm -hmm. um, for the Grizzlies to win this series, they would have to win uh, at a L.A. in Game Four. Uh, and they did not, right? We knew that they were going to come home. They were going to win. Um, in LA, uh, the Lakers are phenomenal. So I think the Lakers are going to take it down uh, pretty easily uh, in this next in this next match. Um, 
Now, moving moving to the game that I really wanted to talk about, <laughs> right? Uh, the Warriors and the Kings, right? Because because this was a mm-hmm. game I wanted to watch. I wanted to see how Fox did, um, mm-hmm. and it, he didn't look that good, right? He he had a couple of times where he was you know holding his finger. Um, uh, a couple of plays looked like he he was it, it had really really hurt his finger to do certain things. So mm-hmm. um, I if if Fox was able to you know, put together a, a really good, uh, a really good game. Then I thought, Hey, maybe, maybe they, they'll be able to pull this thing out. Uh, he shot nine for 25. It's 36. He's still shooting. He's still right? shooting. He, he's still shooting, but his percentages went way down. He was right. seven for 10 at the free throw line. He had six turnovers, right? Yeah. I just, without him playing at a hundred percent, um, there's just no shot for it. So yeah, who's um, anyone's anyone else stepping up for the Kings? You know, obviously every time, dude, he has to push that ball out of his hands. You, you would think it has to hurt every single time, right? Is it are they anyone stepping up for the Kings to try to, to try to make some buckets here? Because I, mean, I mean, there were people uh, trying, nobody was successful, <laughs> right? Sabonis right. is is the one that that really shot the most out of everybody. But I mean, he's he's not a good shooter. Right. I mean, right. they leave him open at the free throw line. That's right. how bad of a shooter he, he is. Um, you know, they have Monk, but I mean, he he did okay. He was six for, for 14, 42%, but he was one for five from mm-hmm. three point lane. Also had three uh, turnovers. Sabonis had, had five yeah. turnovers. Um, they just don't have the firepower uh, yeah. to, to take him down. So uh, yeah. I, I have Golden State winning uh, next game, I have LA winning next game then we're gonna get an la golden state uh Ooh. you know series which is just yeah. you know uh kind of the the two you know teams that have the most you know named people right. i mean se- i mean seriously th- think about that that court right i mean lebron yeah. lebron james anthony davis AD. steph curry yeah, yeah i mean all, all those guys on the same court um, yeah. which should be a pretty fun, uh, pretty fun series. So, but I, yeah. I've got Golden State winning. I got LA winning. Nice, nice. Um, I, you know, I can't disagree with you. Like you said, when the guy who puts up all the points for the Kings, when he can't even shoot the ball, there's, there's no way they can, they can win. Um, and like I said, the, the Lakers is a different team at home. You know, with that crowd screaming and yelling, it's like a six player on the court for them. So I, uh, I see both of these series ending tonight, um, and then on Sunday, we'll, we will start. Uh, you know, the second round of the playoffs. Uh, some, some other crazy basketball news. Phil Jackson and some of his uh, came out talking about, you know, when we went to the bubble and the COVID and, you know, people with the Black Lives Matter slogans and the unity and all this other crazy stuff that, you know, they did uh, under slogans. And obviously, you know, that was in the height, um, not of only a COVID, but, you know, um, you know, of the media pushing this, uh, this, you know, black kids getting shot by white police officers type type agenda, uh, you know, and so, um he thought that was the way, you know, a way for the NBA trying to attract um, a different outside crowd, you know, and, you know, and he said, but at the same time, he didn't, they, I don't, he didn't think the NBA was pushing um, some of their most faithful fans away. Um, what do you, what do you think about his comments and, you know, everything that happened with this? I think he, he gave a take um, that represents a, 
I, I would say the majority of sports fans, right? After NBA decided to get into the political sphere, I I quit watching for a while, right? Mm. Because like something, there's something special about sports. And one of those things is it's a way to get away from all that crap, right? Mm -hmm. You become united, you know, cheering on a team that it doesn't matter your yeah. political views right yep. it, it brings unity to cities and states and fans and all these different things and then they decided to to put all this political crap you know with within that arena and uh it turned a ton of sports players uh sports watchers off right i know it did for me i was like dude i like i don't want to sit here like the reason i watch this is to get away from all that garbage and now it's being thrown mm -hmm. in my face again, right? It's not that I I, I disagree or, or agree with anything. It's just like, I don't, I want it out of the sports uh, arena, right? Because yeah. we're sp sports are, are a uniting, um, a, a uniting thing. And it, it just, it did. And, and I think the ratings uh, through the 2020, you know, season and the playoffs were like the worst in history. Like nobody watched uh that season and you know fans are starting to watch more now because they've moved away from the political side of of uh the nba but i agree with phil I, I agree with phil jackson it was not a smart move um you know and i i truly think lebron is responsible for for that that's one of the reasons i'm i'm not a lebron fan uh, i think he was one of the driving factors behind that um but I, I think Phil is right in, in everything that he says. And, and I think he spoke for a lot of sports, you know, sports fans. What's your yeah. take? Um, yeah. I mean, obviously like um, um, I do agree. I can't think of the guy's name right now, but I do. Yeah. I, I agree to, um, in your statement is like, you know, um, people use sports as a release from everything else. You know, you want to get away from the politics. You want to get away from, you know, the stress of work or whatever the case may be. Right. And you want to throw on your, your, you know, your favorite team's Jersey and you want to celebrate and hug and, and you know, high five a guy who, ha who who's cheering for the exact same team. You might not even know that guy. You don't know what his political affiliation is at the time. You don't care what his race is. You don't care anything, but like, just like you guys are cheering for your team, you know, to win and, and the highs and lows that go on in that game. And, like nothing else matters right like that that's like the beauty of sport um you know that's how, even like like we're both former athletes so it's like that's the reason why i played like you could have a bad day at school at work or whatever the case may be but yeah. like once you step on that field field nothing else matters it's just you and the ball and the, and the guy on the other side of you right and, you, and you're just playing and you're just having a good time and being a fan is the exact same thing and i think that's you know that's why sports exist today um is is so you can leave all that stuff behind you for for an hour two hour three hours whatever the case may be you know and then just and, and enjoy yourself right and then you know as soon as like politics and all this other crazy stuff kind of creeps in there you know it kind of ruins the essence of the sport um and, and the reason why why you're there in the first place so um you know it's crazy like you know um 
you know, like when you talk about soccer and like, you know, Pele, like there's a civil war going on and Pele was playing a soccer match and there was a ceasefire and both sides stopped fighting so they can come together and watch and play, right? Like that's how powerful sport is. And that's what's like, there was no political message in the soccer game. It was just a soccer game. And that, you know, and that's how, that's how sports should be, you know, like there's, you know, this world's crazy enough, you know, like give people a release for, you know, however long the game is to to enjoy it, you know, and get away from all the all the um, societal stuff that's going on that that we don't like. So um, yeah. I I do agree on, on on that front. You know, a lot of people are trying to make it racist. Like uh, what Jalen Rose came out and he was like, you know, you know, you made millions of dollars and won championships because of you know black you know black players. You know, the Shaq, Kobe's, Michael Jordan's, blah blah blah. But like. Um, but to to not make it racist, just to like on the political front, like sport is there, they, they shouldn't intermingle. Yeah, I, I, there's something like I was saying, just like you said, there's something special about it. Right. Mm-hmm. And when you bring politics into it, it just it erodes that, you know, aspect of, of sports. And I'll, I'll give you another example it was 9-11. Right. 9-11 yeah. happened. Look, I, you know, I'm gonna have another state that hates me, but I hate the Yankees, like with a passion, hate the Yankees. But watching, you know, that stadium, that city, Mm. you know, George Bush, throw out the first pitch, there was something special about it. Right? It it, it had unity to it. There was it wasn't political. It it was everybody coming together, you know, uh, around a team, around a, a, a state, around a city, you know, there was something special to it and we mm. need to protect that right politics do does not need to be in sports not because you know the things are are valid or or invalid right it's just when you start to divide the you know in sports then all that crap goes away all that special stuff that we you know had as as children as, as kids and as you know, a mm. high school, you're you're united in high school through through sports teams and just different stuff like that, um, I think right. needs to be protected. And I think that's what Phil Jackson was getting at. Right. It's not that yeah. He, yeah. he agreed or disagreed what, with what was on the court and in the back of people's jerseys. It was just keep it out of the sport. Right. Just just right. keep it out. Let it be that special uniter uh, in the in the, you know, the cities and, and everything that um with sports fans right and Mm. and just keep it pure in in that sense so again like i'm i i am 100 with phil jackson uh i think his take was correct and i think it it uh was a reflection of a lot of sports enthusiasts Mm. yeah no yeah i i uh like, yeah, I agree. And like, you know, for everything both you and I said, I think we're both like on the same page on this one, you know, um, sports is, is a sacred place and it needs to remain that way. Very well said, Monty. Very, very well said. Um, so, I mean, that's like I said, that's all we got for sports, man. Um, like I said, tons of football news some basketball news. Um, you know, in a little Phil Jackson news, you know, he needs to come back and coaching and come, come win a championship again. That's what, that's what we need to see. <laughs> Phil, Phil, Phil back in the driver's seat, but, uh, I don't, I don't know if he'll be invited back after that, but, uh, <laughs> but let's, let's move yeah, on to some. Yeah. I, some, I think, I think he, 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 he caused a, didn't cause, but he, he brought a conversation that was needing to be, you know, 
brought to the table. I think he brought it to the table, right? Because Phil Jackson is probably the most notable coach in NBA history, right? Coach the Bulls, yeah. right? Or for for yeah. six championships, right? With with Michael Jordan, mm-hmm. then goes and and gets five championships with the Lakers with Le- uh, Kobe Bryant, right? It's a very notable. Right. I think it brings that conversation up. And it would not surprise me if we get a new NBA commissioner in the next couple of years, right? Because yeah. the NBA commissioner is the one that green, you know, greenlit all this stuff, right? And it mm. caused you know the ratings to fall, people interested to to you know go out the window. So I think this this conversation isn't over, and I think it, they brought it to the table, and I think we'll see a new commissioner. I would say in the next couple of years. So that's another PJ's yeah. prediction there. Right. And I, I don't know uh, if this was directly related to, but like, you know, like with the players union or whatever, they were talking about protesting that season or not playing in the bubble. Right. Um, unless mm-hmm. they got some of these things um, done. And I, and I think obviously the, the league gave in uh, or they, you know, they met somewhere in the middle to to where they were able to do some of this stuff and that, that allowed the bubble to happen. Um, so, um, but, but yeah, obviously, um, you know, uh, how was it? It's not Howard Stern's not there, is he? Not Howard Stern. No, David Stern's not there, is he? There's there's a new no, commissioner, but um, yeah. But but yeah, obviously like, he won't be there forever, and you know there's gonna be some changes for sure. But let's move on to some um, some politics. I know I know you got some some fun things cooking up, you know. And let's let's what's going on in the world today. So um, there's not a ton of uh, of big things going on uh for this for this section of the of the podcast i just want to focus in on joe biden right because really joe biden's been the news right for the last couple of days other than the tucker carlson and and don lemon stuff that that happened um but joe biden gave us another example of uh just he he's not with it whatsoever right it seems like every single week this guy gives us a new clip of of just right. how um he, he's just not there he just he can't answer questions he can hardly freaking talk right um so i'm i'm going to bring up one of these uh one of these clips real quick um yeah. because it just it just shows um you know how, how the man just he he can't talk he 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 cannot take convert or questions from anybody right um and i think this is a great example of why he does not take questions from reporters right right so what what happened is uh the white house had bring your kid to work day right so you know obviously get your hair snipped by joe biden day right right (laughs) that's for another day uh probably probably not the best idea uh to bring your 12 year old daughter to (laughs) kids work day (laughs) at uh at the white house but he had open questions from from kids Right. So, hey, this is the first time that he's had, um, you know, unscripted questions uh, from anybody. Oh, right. And mm. I'm going to show you what took place because this is absolutely astonishing, like absolutely astonishing. And the question was, um, you know, where are all your grandkids? Right. And, and there's a couple of things that that happen here. A, he can't talk. Right. And B, he doesn't know, you know, he, he gets confused of where his grandkids are. But C, the big one, is he doesn't even mention uh, Hunter Biden's illegitimate child, right? He has six grandkids, 
not five, mm-hmm. but they just don't speak of the six, right? Because it's a, a, a child that uh, Hunter Biden had with a stripper, right? But they don't even mention it. Uh, they don't talk to, to, to this grand grandchild at all. Um, so, so that was a, a couple of things. So uh, I'm going to show you uh, the video of uh, Joe Biden tried to answer this kid's question. One granddaughter who lives in in Pennsylvania, in Philadelphia. One granddaughter lives in New York. One granddaughter lives in Washington. One granddaughter lives in Wilmington, Delaware. And the other grandsons, I, my, my grandson lives in California. I left somebody out, didn't I? Anyway, I did say five. <laughs> so let me see. I got one in New York, two in Philadelphia. There's a three. No, three, because I got one granddaughter who is, I don't know. Oh, my gosh. I can't stop laughing. That's hilarious. Uh, he, man. Like, I mean, <laughs> oh, my goodness. You know, just it, it it's constant, right? And, and I've got another clip that, that I'm not going to show, but the kid asked, uh, basically, where's the last country you've been? And he's like, oh, I've been to like 89 countries, but... Uh, you know, where, where was I last? Right. And then a little kid in the crowd goes, you were in Ireland. And he's like, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. You know what I mean? It just, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we just keep getting things over and over. But I, I think this is, is an important conversation to have because again, Joe Biden just said he's going to run in 2024. That's, I mean, like he's, he's on the decline and then we're going to try to elect this guy right? For like another right. four years, right? He, he's on the decline every single time we talk to him. It's insanity. It's insanity. It's it's crazy to me because obviously like he just announced he's he's uh, running for re-election, right? Um, and it's just amazing. Like people can see like his daily activities and how he acts out in public when he it's not like rehearsed right when it's not already planned for him and, and obviously like he has a hard time doing a, a lot of things that a normal person finds easy to do um and like i don't know how anyone can just jump on board and um and be like yo biden's the guy you know go you know in his late in in his in his 80s to to lead us um for another you know four years so, I mean, I, I don't care, you know, if he's doing a great job up until this point, you know, the guy is up in age. Obviously, his cognitive skills aren't there. He's stumbling and bumbling and rambling and doing all this crazy stuff, right? You know, and, and you know, it's just, it's kind of, you know, em- almost embarrassing, right? Especially it is if embarrassing. you look at it. It is embarrassing, if you see a, a, another Another country, uh, their president, you know, their government is looking at us being like, Yo, we're worried about these guys. Like that—that that yeah. is their leader. That is supposed to be the 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 strongest, the best person they got, and 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 this is what's on display. So, um, you know, obviously, like I mean, I remember when he was vice president with, uh, with Obama, and he definitely wasn't this bad. You can tell, like he is he is because of his age or whatever the case may be. His he's slowly declining, and you know, someone someone needs to step in and for the you know for what's best for this country and what's best for for him and his health needs to be like yeah we need to shut this down come on buddy well i mean i i think this this so 
you know, last last couple of podcasts, we talked about, you know, how Joe Biden doesn't take questions, right? He, he doesn't take questions, yeah. right? Which, right? Which I think does everybody a disservice in the United States, right? Uh, to not be able to ask, um, you know, the questions that they want to ask uh, to the president and for him not to answer it, right? Because at the end of the day, mm-hmm. uh, he he basically works for us, right, on, on our behalf. And I, mm-hmm. I think we should be able to ask him tough questions, right? I think he should stand at a podium and, and point at people and say, hey, all right, ask your questions. Let's go, right? And answer them, mm-hmm. right? right? We don't get that from Joe Biden. And that's exactly why. He can't even answer where his freaking grandchildren live, right? right? I, I've right. got I've got 16 nieces and nephews, and I can name every single one of them. And I can tell you exactly where they are right now. Right. I mean, it, it's not that difficult. Uh, my dad's in his uh, 70s. Right. If I asked him where every single one of his grandchildren are, 16 of them, he would know. Right. So it, it's not that mm-hmm. difficult. But, you know, we've been talking about Joe Biden not taking questions. Right. And something came out the other day. He he had a press conference uh, with the leader of South Korea and a reporter uh, took a little snapshot of uh his little book that he constantly has and what it showed was you know the reporters that he's gonna gonna call on and the question that the reporter's gonna ask right so basically now the white house is making you submit questions right i i mean he he said that there was going to be transparency and all this garbage right obviously not right if the media is having to submit questions beforehand so you can get the right answer what are we doing what the hell are we doing right this is absolutely ridiculous uh, am, am mm. i am i wrong for for being so pissed off about this <laughs> uh no no i mean not not at all um I, I i do think it's it's um depending on on the platform and what he's doing it's, it's probably common practice that you know, someone kind of goes over what questions going to be asked, so they're not thrown off guard. Well, with, you know, well, you remember Trump's stuff, right? He would sit up at the podium and be like, "Yo, yo, yo, you in the back? Throw it, you know, throw it my way, right?" This mm. wasn't, this isn't a normal thing, right? right? Like, I again, let's compare it to the last guy, right? And the last guy obviously did not have any of this crap whatsoever. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I agree. But I mean, like Trump stuff was, I mean, I mean, uh, was Biden in South Korea or was he in the United States? He was in the United States. Yeah, South Korea guy came over. Okay. I came over. Um, but yeah, obviously, yeah. I mean, Trump, Trump did, um, did take a lot of questions. Um, he didn't always answer them. Uh, 100%, yeah, percent. One hundred percent there. We have the best, the best stuff ever. It's going to be great. You're going to love it. It's going to be huge. And you're like, you yeah. didn't answer the question. You just, just told me how good it, everything is. You know is. what? But uh, It's better than this, yeah. right? At least, well, at least he, he actually took it and, and didn't have a right. prepared you know speech for it. Right. Well, Biden, like I said, Biden doesn't know where the last place he was at. So like if you, I mean, if you don't know like the last country or place you visited, which was like last week, you know, it wasn't even that long ago. Um, then you're going to have a problem with just a normal question. Um, but yeah, obviously like, you know, they're trying to protect him and, you know, because of his age and his inability to like, you know, answer a normal question and, you know, they, they know um, he can't do it. And so they're, they're trying to hide it as best as they can. And obviously um, 
they're not doing a good job of it. <laughs> they, they're they're really not. And you know, uh, something that was got brought up to me by my brother talking with them. Um, mm. You know, it, it seemed like probably the last uh, I don't know two or three months, the media had kind of started to turn on them just a little bit, right? You mm. were seeing more uh, more stories about him not being able to to, to talk to the press and just. Um, a, a lot more stories about him in a negative light than we had really seen. Right. So mm -hmm. I, I thought maybe, maybe the media was trying to kind of force him to not run right now yeah. that he has declared, do you think we're going to see any negative press on Joe Biden? Uh, I, I think so. I mean, just cause he like, I mean, just because he declared it, it's it's not you know a done deal. I mean, people can still he can still pull out, right? And I, I think I think, and I don't. You know, obviously, it's, it's not going to be network wide or across all media outlets. But I think there's going to be pockets of media outlets that be like, listen, like this guy can't be our next president again. You know, I mean, in, especially I think if it comes down to where like, it's seeing to be like a a, a Trump Biden runoff. You know, I, I think someone's going to step in and be like, hey, we, we can't have this. And, and you know, those negative ads or those that negative publicity of him stumbling in over his words, it's going to be a common occurrence, you know, and I, I think the people trying to protect him aren't going to be able to keep it out uh, for, for long. Well, I, uh, I'm going to be very in interested to see if the media keep kind of bringing these things up, right? Well, I think we'll right. know if the media is in the in Joe Biden's pocket by the right. way they cover right. him from here on out. Now that he's declared, you know, right, or or Joe Biden's camp is going to shut him down even more, and you're going to see less public appearances out of him, less um, like speeches, you know, or less taking questions. He might come out, you know, give give a 10 minute, 15 minute, you know, scripted speech and then be out. Right. Um, I, I could see them pulling him back a little bit to kind of keep some of these, you know, um, examples out of the public eye. I agree with you there. I'll, I'll put yeah. money on. He doesn't do, you know, too many speeches or Q and A's, uh, for the rest of his, his term. Right. Because right. like I said, every time that you have unscripted questions, it's just a fumble and bumble. You know what I mean? Right. He, he just cannot do it. And, uh, you know, a part of me, it's like, I, I feel a little bad for him, right? Because, you know, he's, he's extremely old and obviously he's not fully there. Right. And he's getting mm. pushed in front of the cameras, getting pushed to, to run again. And, you know, I don't think he, he, you know, I don't know this, but I don't think he, he even knows kind of what that, what he's doing is, is bad. You know what I mean? But right. there's just so many people behind him just kind of pushing him through all this crap. He almost felt a little right. sorry for him, you know, because right. like you said, I'm embarrassed, right? I'm embarrassed about this stuff, right? This mm -hmm. is the guy mm -hmm. that represents us as a people, right? He's going to foreign foreign places representing the United States of America, right? This is important stuff. And he can't take questions. I mean, we saw it over... In Ireland, when he took a question from a little kid, right? The the what's what's your best advice for somebody trying to be successful or something like that? And then he was like, "Don't mm. judge people by what they say." And it was just like fumbled through it. And you're like, "Dude, like this is the guy that we have representing yeah. the United States. We should be embarrassed. We absolutely should be <laughs> be embarrassed about yeah. this. But we should also know that it's important. These things are important for 
you know, this is what people see overseas, right? They they don't mm. get to go come to Oklahoma and see how actually the United States runs and operates. They just see that dude. And that's not good. Mm. Yeah. Uh, I think in a, a glaring, a, it's going to be very glaring and very like out there. Um, when, you know, if he stays in this race and, you know, they, ha- and, and, you know, it goes into where they're debating if, if it's even on the, the democratic, you know, find a democratic nominee or if it's on the, the big stage with it for the, political, you know, find who's going to be the next president when they're debating, like this guy's not going to be able to debate, right? He's not going to be able to like ask questions and have, especially, you know, a guy who likes to attack you like Donald Trump, he's just going after and going after you. Like he's not going to be able to respond to any of that stuff. Um, I even in, you know, find the democratic nominee, if there's other people that's going to run against him and stay in the race that long, um, and they have to go head to head, man, it's, it's like, you will see for sure, um, him struggle, you know, to get anything worth, worthwhile out of his mouth. Uh, well, I'll, I'll make another PJ podcast prediction. He doesn't do any (laughs) debates. I'll put money on, he doesn't do any debates. They'll find right. a way to to not. Li- I mean, we saw candidates do that, right over mm-hmm. the debate session in, in 2021. People were just like, "No, nope, mm-hmm. not going to do it," right? And it's like, "Well, like, isn't that part of the the process?" And it's like, right. "Nope, I'm just I'm just not going to debate you," right? I'll, I'll put money on that's <laughs> right. what ends up happening because again, if you get yeah. him in front of a live Q and A, it, it's not going to work. It, it really is going to struggle. He is going to struggle. And that's not from any political side of the aisle here. He's going to struggle. He he struggles taking questions from little children. How do you think he's going to do with a moderator and different things like that? I I think I also think it's going to be very, very clear. The people that say the Democratic Party, right, has the media in their pocket. It's going to be very, very clear over the next couple of years. Right. It's going to be very clear. Do they start start or or continue to actually cover him in an honest way? Or are we going to just see a bunch of fluff pieces now that he's, you know, become the candidate? If he does debate, what type of questions do they throw at him? Are they all softball lob, you know, easy to answer questions? Right. I think we're going to get a very good understanding of is that a correct assessment with the media or is it not? Right. I, I think it's going to be very, very clear to us. Yeah. Nope. I, I agree. I agree. Like I said, I, and, you know, the counter, you're one of those. I, I really think like um, he's going to probably disappear from the media um, pretty soon. I think his team's going to be like, you know, the best way to address this is to make sure the cameras aren't, you know, in his face. And, we, and he's not speaking because because once he's up there, there's there's no way to stop it. Right. There's no way to avoid it. So I think they're just going to remove them from that situation. I agree with you. I agree with you. I think, uh, I, I, I think he's just not even going to, he's not going to, he's not even going to be, you know, um, on the cameras for, for any of this stuff now. So, Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. so I've got, uh, I've got one more thing that, that we're going to talk about here. And this is for the Jesus portion. I think that wraps up kind of what's going on, uh, you know, in the political world. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm going to, I'm going to play a clip here um, that I think is important for us to watch. Right. Um, 
I think it it is a perfect example of what Christians need to be doing. A, a very, very clear example. Uh, so to set the stage for this, uh, this is a young man uh, who had two of his brothers shot by a police officer uh, who just got uh, convicted of murder, right? So this person that he's speaking to or speaking about uh, killed his his two brothers, right? And at the mm-hmm. end of, of his you know, being up on, on in the uh, in the hot seat. This is what he says. And for every Christian listening out there, this is, in my opinion, the way we should handle these types of uh, situations. So um, let me cue this thing up real quick and uh, we'll take a look at what he says. I can speak for myself. I, I forgive you. And... I know if you go to God and ask him, he will forgive you. And I don't think anyone could say it. Again, I'm speaking for myself, not even bad for my family. But I love you just like anyone else. And I'm not going to say I hope you rot and die just like my brother did but i see i i personally want the best for you and i i wasn't gonna ever say this in front of my family or anyone but i don't even want you to go to jail i want the best for you because I know that's what that's exactly what both of them would want you to do. And the best would be give your life to Christ. I'm not gonna say anything else. I think giving your life to Christ would be the best thing that both of them would want you to do. Again, I love you as a person. And I don't wish anything bad on you. I don't know if this is possible, but can can I give her a hug, please? Please? Yes. So that's the video. Mm. This, this man, you know, this woman, the woman had had uh, shot his brothers, and you know he forgives her and says, you know, he loves her, and then hugs her. Mm. You know what I mean? Powerful, yeah. powerful stuff, right? And that is exactly what you should do. I yeah. mean, uh, what I, a, I just, I just can't get over it. How good that is. Yeah. That's amazing. I, I remember the story and I've actually, actually, I don't know if I saw the video, but I, I, I heard about this before and, you know, obviously like, you know, it's in the moment it might take a better or stronger person than, than me or you to do that in the moment. Cause right. Cause obviously your brother, someone that you loved is gone. Um, and, and to look at the person who, 
did that to him and, you know, wish that upon you, it takes a very, very strong person, that, um, a very faithful person. You, you can tell, you know, how deep he is in his faith and um, how much, you know, he knows, you know, what Jesus and what he and what he said his brother would would want right and you know and hopefully you know a sin's a sin and you know i don't think you know one sin outweighs another sin right and so she you know her actions isn't the end for her right she gives herself you know to god and she repents and she if she becomes truly truly you know remorseful for, for what she did you know there's there's no reason why you know she can't you know be you know a a, a God fearing person. So, um, um, dude, that's like a shout out to him because I, I, you know, obviously we've seen people on the podium and you know they're screaming and yelling and and cussing at you know the person who did violent acts to their family or friends. But for him to to do that and to stand up and hug her, you know, and you know, you know, not want her to go to jail and you know all he asked was you know you know to find find Christ, find God. That's I mean that's amazing, bro. I mean. It's tough, tough to do, and I applaud him. But I mean, if if more people acted like him, there there would never have been a trial in the first place. There would that act never would have happened in the first place, you know. So, you know, that's amazing. Yeah, I mean, it's I always hear, um, you know, Christ-like, right? Mm. We need to act more Christ-like. Jesus yeah. on the cross, right, being crucified. Uh, you know, said, please for, forgive those who are doing this to me. Right. It's the most right. Christ-like thing that any man could do is what that kid did. We need yeah, more absolutely. people like that, right? Yeah. You you said it best. How, how do you forgive somebody who took away two of your brothers, right? Mm -hmm. That takes a man and somebody who has extremely strong faith to to do that. You know, yep. he's hugging the person that that took his two brothers away from him. You know, I, I right. think this is just a, a, a prime example of, of what we should be doing as as Christians, right? So right. I, I wanted to play that video and, and give an example of, uh, you know, what Christians should should be doing and, and how we should be acting, right? Right. Um, so with with that, uh, let's wrap this thing up. Monty, what's, what's the message of the week? Oh, man. Uh, I... <laughs> From that last video, I I I think you know obviously, it's just you know we, we should need to be more forgiving. Like you know I think there's everything, has, little things happen in our lives that you know we get so angry and we get you know we act out, we yell, we scream, you know, and we 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 need you know be more forgiving. We need to, you know take a step back and you know you know there's it reminds me of like those crazy bracelets we used to have, were back in the day that said WWJD. <laughs> what would Jesus what, do? Yeah. What, what would Jesus do, right? And like you you see you see these acts of kindness all the time that people will get blown away. They're like why would you do that? Why would you be so nice? But you know it's it's truly what is what that's what Jesus would have done, you know? And, and that's what he he's asked in the Bible throughout the whole like that's what he asked people to do it's just you know be kind be good you know and like and you know don't don't be so quick to anger right and i i think you know you know through that last video i'm just some of the things that we talk about i mean that that's that's super important yeah um my last word would be to try to forgive right if you mm -hmm. have something that has really you know hurt you or somebody that has really hurt you i challenge you to forgive them Right. Like if that man can forgive 
a person killing his two brothers, we can forgive for something that has happened to our lives. I promise you, right. it will make right. your life better, right? right? But you have to truly forgive them. For, right. Forgive them. Pick something out and forgive them for it and move on and show them that you love them. I promise you, yep. it'll make your life better um, and it will draw you closer to the Father. So that's my 100%. word. Um, this is PJ's podcast, speaking of the three things that matter, politics, Jesus, and sports. If you like our content, please like and subscribe uh, on any social media platform. Um, leave a comment. Send us a message if you want us to talk about something. But Monty, I love you, brother, and I'll see you on Monday. Yes, sir. Let's do it.